0: And pride. I mean, we just want to uh, welcome two visitors, our brother Felix and his family visiting as a co worker of Brother Ray, so If you could stand, we'd greet you this evening. God bless you guys. Amen. And our sister Grace Gindo and our brother Joe Gindo, why don't you stand? We welcome you. Amen. Trust you, feel welcome here, Grace. Amen. Let's sing. At Calvary, years I spent in vanity and pride. Oh, years I spent in vanity and pride. Can- Can't get away from this song. Amen. Who's going to sing it tonight? Entangled with heavy chains of captivity, workers, and battered by sin. Could I have you open up the service in a word of prayer? We don't have any written prayer requests, but you have a need. Just lift it before the Lord. Amen. He'll meet and answer
1: that prayer. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, indeed, we're excited tonight to be in your house once again, Lord. You know, it's a building... But there's people, Lord, with souls that have hanged on this word that was given us in His last days, Lord. So we're excited. We're expecting you, Lord, to just come and deliver our daily bread to us, Father. Each one in here has a deep desire, a deep need, Lord. And most of all, Father, the word spoken from you, we have come to learn, changes lives, Lord Jesus. And you're still in the soul-saving business. You're still in the healing business, Father. You're still in the deliverance business, Lord. And we want to thank you, Lord. We rejoice in the victories that you have given us. We look forward to the ones that you're going to give us tonight, Father. Through your word, as it comes forth, take the man of God, hide him behind the cross, Father. And may we just hear everlasting, soul-changing words. From the bread of life, the ever-present water from the rock, Father. Thank you for the service, the song service. We just commit it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. You may have your seats. We welcome those who are on the internet, those who are archived, just trust that the Lord we be with you. Just as our brother Tom comes to turn the service over to Brother Stephen. Can we sing how great is our God? Sing with me. How oh, great. Oh, the splendor of the King. the day
2: It's an honor to be able to stand here, to be able to introduce a dear friend and brother in Christ, our brother Stephen Abali, And it's a grand opportunity and privilege to introduce Sister Sarah Abali. Why don't you stand, Sister? First time in Canada. Amen. God bless you. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. I'd like to sing that. I want to bring you greetings from Brother, um, Brother Combo, Brother David Combo in Boston Massachusetts. It's, uh, we had some tremendous times. We had tremendous services, and there's just maybe too many comments to make regarding that. But he, him and his wife, Sister Jean, wanted you, them to be remembered to you. They said, how is so-and-so? Or, uh, how are they doing? I said, how do you remember that? you've been here for only a couple of years in Cloverdale, and he remembers you, and he loves you, and he prays for you, and and we just had a wonderful time. We had saints from Rhode Island, New York, Connecticut, and um, we just had a blessed time, and thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. Well, tonight, as um, we've announced, Brother Stephen Avali will be speaking to us tonight, and and for me, it's, it's a humbling, a humbling thing. We do what we do, or we do what we can do for the gospel. And each one has a gift in particular that's been added to the body. And I'm so thankful for every gift that lays in this body. And Brother Tim has been able to be used of the Lord to go to Uganda Be able to be with the brothers in Uganda and tell us what's happening in Ethiopia and Uganda. And then once once the minister leaves and comes home, there's a lot of work to do when they come home back in Uganda. And it's the pastors that are laboring with the people laboring with men of God, laboring with bodies that have come out of denominations and into this glorious message. And, and I, I've often thought of Brother Stephen, as Paul said, I have been spent and will be spent for the gospel. And he indeed has done that. And we, we are having him tonight, Sunday morning, and Lord willing, Wednesday night. We're going to give him a couple of days rest. We want to show our appreciation towards the man of God and all that he labors for. There is only so much time in life. There's really only so much time. And we say, well, what's the shelf life? You look on a, buy an item, you say, well, what's the shelf life? Well, these are men that have been spent for the gospel. Your, our precious brother Biskel who's given much and spent much and was quite an example a sterling example to us as we give ourselves to this message and give to Christ. I'm not on a holiday, I've never been on a holiday to put my feet up and say well now I've I've done my part I'm going to coast now to the millennium. No, I want to run this race and run with men such as brother Stephen. And men that have held this banner up high. I I was telling Brother Stephen, I said, I met you in 1991 in Brother Harold Hildebrandt's church. And they had a missionary meeting. I was privileged to go with Brother Biscoll. And I now it's been for 32 years. We've been at a distance in time, not a distance in prayer. And I I feel honored and, and privileged to be able to stand here with men of this caliber that can preach the word of God in this message in its depth and love it and want more of it. And so uh, I want to thank the Lord for our brother Stephen. And I, I just would love you to open up your hearts and let the word minister to your souls as we stand. And we just sing this little song of worship as we ask brother Stephen to come to the pulpit. God, not reject your prayer, and pray make you strong. Have patience Just wait and see What God will
3: I greet you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and um, on behalf of my wife who not be able to stand up here, <laughs> I want to appreciate uh, Brother Tom and yes. Brother Tim for making it possible for me to be here, and I also want to bring greetings from home. The saints back home, you know, send their greetings and they love you all together with the rest of the team that works with us in the ministry. Amen. So we've really always appreciated your hand of support and fellowship over the years. So when Brother Tom just drove back my mind to about 32 years ago, when we first met, I remembered the words of Brother Ed Bisco when he got his hands laid on me, and I remember the very words he prayed. So I may miss him tonight, but he always has my prayers. Amen. It's a blessing to be here, uh, you know, but Brother Tim has been telling me, Brother Tom wants you to come. <laughs> and so you know I always felt like I should be here and it's not been easy through the years of COVID and you know you put in your application for the visas and nothing' you know uh, works out and, and so we kind of put in again more papers last this June and uh, it took a year uh, for the Canadian High Commission to reply so you know, when they did, you never know whether they are calling your passport to say no. <laughs> so finally, you know, we had to take our, our passports. My wife uh, wanted to come many years ago. Twice they didn't allow her. But uh, this time it was possible that I had to travel with her. And I appreciate God so much. So... um i love a few things to say, and before I do that, I want to pass the greetings from the saints back home and the team of ministers that will work together. You know, the work back home is not a one-man thing. It's quite a big team that has just decided to really love one another and work together. You see, without perfect love, you can never work together. Yeah, so, you know, loving one another is that you may not see things differently, but, uh, you know, it's the ability to see uh, things a little bit different, but then uh, uh, be able to understand one another. Yes. Amen? And I believe that's what that team will go through. It's not just some kind of a robot one mind, but, um, you know, that's what love does. So I want to really send greetings from the saints back home and just to remind ourselves of how we came into this. You know, each time I get myself to listen to Brother Tim down here, he's back and forth talking about what is happening in the country of Uganda. I'm one of the people who never understood what was going on until... Brother Tim asked me and says, Brother Stephen, something is happening. (laughs) Will you be part of it? I said, Brother Tim, I don't know. But uh, Brother Fred, you know, change who was here some years ago, is very, very missionary-minded. So he started going out among the different organizations and putting this message out, sharing the books and... uh, having, you know, the opportunity to go and speak in different uh, organizations, and he got these doors open. so many people don't think this is possible, but I know why they think so. It's because they've not been part of it. Yeah. You know, you can never think something is possible unless you've been part of it. Yeah. If they ever tried, it would work. So, you know, I took that... uh, challenge from Brother Fred, and we had quite a number of people that had believed and spilled into the region where I was, and so Brother Tim says, can't you come and help the brother? So I come in and started gathering some of the ministers that had believed around us. I tell you now, we work in 15 different districts of the country. I mean, not including what Brother Fred is doing on the other end. So, when I went in, I believed it's possible. Amen? So, I want to bring greetings from Brother Fred and the rest of the team that we work with. Uh, It's not easy, but it's possible. You see, once you sell yourself into something, there is a love. That comes with an open mind. You learn to love the people. You see, um, there is certain things that we tend uh, to believe secretly. Uh, we tend to believe that uh, God has granted this message. Much as we theoretically don't believe that, but practically we believe that. Because people don't understand you when you go beyond our ranks to go and take this message outside there. Yeah, it looks like it belongs to us and our children. That's why we don't go out. We believe we are giving birth to children of the kingdom naturally. And and so when they grow up, it's among those where we can do our evangelism. Because we don't seem to believe that But practically, that's what we believe. Because some people are not comfortable when you go out there and you are trying to bring them in. So we really appreciate God who has given us the grace uh, to really be able to go out and look for the last elected soul and bring them in before it's too late. Amen? So we've got over 10 different ministers that I work with Uh, in my area, I'm not talking about Brother Fred, Uh, you know, um, I think on Sunday I'm going to play a video of the work that Brother Fred is involved with. So we really thank God that we just decided to pour ourselves into this and uh, uh, it has changed the entire landscape of the message back in our country. So we really appreciate God. We appreciate you brothers for the uh, hand of fellowship that you have given to us and also the ambassador from your country. You know, I think is like playing the part of the high commissioner from Canada. (laughs) Brother Tim, he has gone to the most little places that there is to go to in the country. And so, you know, our little team so far, we've got uh, over 1,500 baptisms done this year. And um, this is not all because, you know, people keep coming in and uh, sometimes, you know, the places to get the water is not that so close and so we don't do um, the kind of... uh, overall baptism like we should always be doing, but we thank God that we've been involved a little bit this year. So I just decided to get a few clips of what we are doing back home, and if uh, you don't mind, I can get the uh, first clip of that, Um, and we see some of the baptisms that we do back home. I'm trying to put you into the field before we go into the service. And, uh, you know, for the three times I'll be standing here, I've got a few things that we shall share on. So, I do not know where, yeah, right in front of me. Let's get the first uh, uh, slide and just watch a little bit. These are people being baptized and... Some trucks bring the people from different places. and this is not happening in only that place I mean these are a few clips of what is happening in different places so we take the records of how many people have been baptized in different places
4: some
3: people are happy you know, they get baptized and get some church books, some seal books, and, you know, they get excited. It's not as uh, common to them as it would to you to have a, a message book in their hands. Amen. Mm. Those are baptisms, and uh, uh, it, it's a joy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the young man having his hands up... Mm, You know, it's uh,
4: just a gift
3: to the church, really.
4: Yeah.
3: Different places where we do water baptism.
0: Yes, Mulongi, <laughs> <amulongi. I am. laughs> <laughs> <you>. Sister, Sister, I'm <laughs> going <laughs>
4: Amen.
3: We've got trucks, you know bringing people for miles and miles to water baptism. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Sometimes, you know, we take it for granted when we get shelters like this, you know, church nice air-conditioned for us to come to church. But back home, sometimes you find that there is a family that has believed in a certain place, and, you know, we start evangelizing around that family, and we do not have where to have the people come together but uh, you know, could have been some kind of a garden or some kind of under tree. And uh, I think let's get to just look a little bit at what happens. We do not have the privilege for all the places to have a nice place of worship like this. If we can go to the second one.
0: Mm. Thus,
3: in sheds
0: sometimes
3: in a compound, and now we buy these tarpins to kind of cover the people from the rains and uh, sometimes the sun. But sometimes we cannot hold the rain away from the people. So it rains, and the people, you know, after the rain passed, again, the service starts again. Uh, so we still <laughs> appreciate God for the support to get those taplins over the people's heads. Yeah. Now the rains are over, the service is back again.
4: Praise
3: the Lord. We shall get a little third one here, uh, you know, different places, you know, where we can have church. Sometimes in a garden, you know, if it's got some shade over you, if it's in the sunlight, and uh, uh, well, let us look at it. That's my associate brother James
4: (laughs) on the
3: veranda.
1: And, and it's wet,
3: soaking wet, but the people having
1: service.
3: That one was just another little group in the area that was trying to get into the message. So, we do the best we can. We take the message where the people need it. Amen.
2: Yeah.
3: So I want to so say we appreciate this congregation uh, for standing with us and trying to get this message out
2: speaking you know, over the message books by the believers after ministering the word in the Futura in the Ganga district.
3: Praise the Lord. We shall see a little more next time we come over here. And so I think it's a blessing to share out the message. Yeah. Um, we shall just stand up get into the scripture reading and have a few uh, things to say tonight. Amen. Let's turn to the book of First Timothy chapter 3. And before we read, we can bow his in order prayer. Father in heaven, we give thanks to you for this special day of fellowship that you have given to us is taken for granted, Lord, when people come together like this sometimes. But today, Lord, I pray that you may help us, that we may come to the real understanding, Father, why we come together to have moments of fellowship. Lord, I pray that you may Just come down tonight and open the hearts of the people, Father, that they may be able to feed from you. Like your prophet used to say, the words of a man can fail. But, Heavenly Father, I pray that you may take my faculties and speak to your people tonight. I pray that you may meet everybody at the point of their need, Heavenly Father. And speak individually to everyone that is gathered here. We pray that your word may become alive, Father, dear Lord God, in our lives. And that you may transform us, Father, into the very image that you desired every one of us to be, Father. We've committed this service into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Um, With the little ministry God has given me, I always deal with the principles and applications. Praise the Lord. I pick out things laid out in the Word and I try to paint a picture out of it for the people. I know I can give you scriptures and quotes, but you can forget them. But a painted picture lasts forever. And I always try my best to do that and leave lasting uh, impact upon the people's hearts by painting different pictures. Amen? So I would rather paint a Christian character in a certain form of light than give you the kind of scriptures and quotes you've read over and over. You know, if you can connect these quotes to a picture, I think it becomes everlasting. And I'll try to do that, just deal with the principles and the applications. It's just like uh, uh, formulas in the study of science. Once you get the formula, you always get the product right. And this is what we shall try to do tonight. So let's go to First Timothy, chapter 3, verse 14. He says, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth may god bless the reading of his word you may be seated so i want to speak on reflections of the divine order you know a reflection mirrors off from some kind of an object and so once you get a light strike an object you know there is a reflection that always come back to you So I just want to paint some kind of a picture that all the divine things that happen around us, they are mirroring out from a divine sphere somewhere. Amen? So Paul does this because the believers needed to know how to behave themselves in the house of God, which is the ground and pillar of the truth. Amen? So he was laying out what we call The order of the church. Now, when we speak about the order of the church, some people think how people should behave themselves in the assembly. But it goes a lot more than that. We are talking about how a Christian ought to live his life. Amen. We don't live our lives by, you know, a set of rules that we must be obedient to. But we actually are controlled from the heavenly realms here on earth. So actually the Christian life is a mirroring of some other life somewhere. And this is what we are trying to deal with today. So when you look at the church, (laughs) how it's supposed to move here on earth, it powers a divine order in heaven. So if we seem to understand the divine order in heaven, we can really be able to uh, kind of uh, connect uh, automatically ourselves to an eternal realm and then just be a reflection of that eternal or divine order, for that example. So under the same order, life here on earth, is governed also by a divine order. The heavenly has an influence over the earthly. Amen. So you see that every island in the solar system is balanced by some magnetic fields produced from the sun. And that is a divine order that no man can disorder without bringing or causing a disaster. You see, it is some kind of a, a system that's divinely set and it has an influence over everything that goes on the earth. Science says the centerpiece of the solar system is the sun. Amen? Not only is it essential for life on earth, but it provides magnetic fields that keeps the entire system in check. Amen? So the magnetic field is so perfectly balanced, it's able to keep planets as large as Jupiter in a constant orbit. You know, they are magnetic fields. They, they, they don't falter. If they ever do, then we've got disaster here on earth. Amen. So there are laws of nature that keeps the entire solar system and the geographical setup in balance. And by destroying the earth's composition in the mining industry, it causes all kinds of earthquakes. You understand what I mean? So mining destabilizes the earth's foundation because all that the earth is and, uh, you know, different uh, uh, deposits in different areas, like you find God puts copper here and then there is a field of oil here and then, you know, different. When you take all these minerals down there and you kind of take some... uh, uh, scientific study of what they are they are totally different in composition right. amen and god knows where to put this kind of mass and to put that kind of mass to keep the earth stable right. but then man goes and mines all this stuff out and it destabilizes the earth's foundation right. you know revelation eleven eighteen, the scripture says and that Thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and thou shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. So you find that the final earthquake judgments will find a compromise on surface due to extra mining. You know, so when it comes, it's just find a, a compromised foundation of the earth. Amen? So man is on a journey of self-destruction. Yes. So I'm praying that the Lord may give me the grace to bring this little thought here to you. Yes. Amen? Brother Branham, in his message, wonders to perform. He says, God, when he made his solar system, he put the moon as a god." And he set the boundaries of the sea. And that the moon, if it would ever move from its orbit, this entire earth would be destroyed with water. That moon holds the sea. And oh, how I've stood by its banks and watched its angry waves trying to leak out. But the moon says, hold your peace. God set your boundaries and I am the God. You see? So, the heavenly there is having an influence upon the earthly here. Okay. So, that's why I'm speaking from reflections of the divine order. Amen? And uh, I thought then... You know, Brother Branham says, if that great heavenly host like that must keep its place to make everything in order, what about the disorder of the earthly host? You see, all that up there does whatever it's doing simply because it must have control over the earth. And he says, if that happens out there to counter the earth, he says, how about the disorder of the earthly host? Amen. Amen. So in matters of church too, when God gets out, I mean, when the church gets out of order, you know, uh, the church gets out of order, you know, it disorders what God has ordained. I'm praying that God may give me the grace tonight. So uh, the whole program of God is upset when one member of the church gets out of order. We should consistently try to strive. Everybody to find his position. And say, Lord, help me. To stand guard at this particular point because this is where you place me. Amen. So we just look at all different examples of it. When we get back into the Old Testament, how God was organizing his church and how that organizing of the church would have a reflection on the New Testament church. Amen. So, with Israel in the wilderness, God so minded the divine order. Amen. He says here in Numbers chapter 2, verse 1 if the Lord will give us grace that we may come through this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard. Amen. With the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. As they moved, every tribe had its own standard. It had to keep right at that particular point. Because that's how God had ordained them to move. And he says, once they get over there, every tribe shall hold its sign. So God then pitched other three tribes on this east and then in the west and then the north and the south. And every one of them was holding an ensign like a God who was recognizing different local churches. Amen. He recognizes this church here. He has got his own ensign, has got a way God uses them, has got a way God balances them. You understand what I mean? We can really go back into uh, the seven churches that God chose out of uh, Asia Minor. You know these seven churches, they were working under one minister, John, but every one of them had different strengths and different weaknesses. And God recognized them. And God sent different angels to those seven different churches. Simply because he was trying to say, I try to uh, kind of uh, 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 work according to the uh, order, a reflection. So those seven churches, churches out there, were a reflection of the divine order that was going to be releasing itself through the seven churches. So he anoints them as a reflection of the seven churches that were going to come through the time. Praise the Lord. So now we see God uh, recognizes different uh, members of the body. And, you know, like Paul, he says that we are the body of Christ and members in particular. So the word particular there emphasizes our difference and yet at the same time even helps us to come together in unity as brethren. Because every joint supplier, God knows how he's going to use every joint of the body of Christ. Sometimes, when we don't recognize how God has made different members of the church particular from one another, we may think that our ministry here on earth is this church to convert another church to behave like it. This brother trying to uh, kind of convince another brother to act like him. But you see, we are members in particular. Amen. Paul uses the expression of particular so that he can really underline how different we can be as one, I mean, from one another. And yet at the same time, we can be able to blend together to make the body work in different ways. Amen. So observing divine order is very vital in divine service, it reflects itself way back into eternity. Amen? Let's look at Moses here in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8. I pray that the Lord gives me the grace. He says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. There are certain things now God is demanding of Moses that let then make me a tabernacle that I may dwell among them according to all that I showed thee after the pattern of the tabernacle. Amen. So, in this case, the word after makes the pattern the figure of reality which existed elsewhere. Amen. But then it had to be reflected here on earth. Amen and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall he make it. Amen? So the son does nothing unless he sees the father do. All that the son did was a reflection of a divine will somewhere. Amen? So, you know, it watches... The son would watch the heavens to know what he would do here on earth. In any case, the son was a reflection of a divine order somewhere. So we must do what we see the son do. Because the son did what he saw the father do. Malachi 4 did what he saw Christ do. Amen? So that he could come here and he would say, I am not the Son of Man. I am a Son of Man reflecting the Son of Man. Okay, now, he lived the life of Christ before us as a reflection of the divine order. When you look at Brother Branham, And you can excuse the rest of the kind of people that would have mistaken him for being Christ. You look at the sweetness that he lived. You can see the reflections and the fellowship, the way he had it with the different people. You can really look at the kind of submission he had to the Father. You know, then he would do nothing unless he sees. He would get into this house and then he knew what he was supposed to do there but he's waiting for the father to show everything come into place before he would move to pray for the person. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So now, in First Chronicles here, we want to take the, the, the statement or the word, the pattern. The pattern. Because... When he was speaking, he says, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle. So Moses is looking at the tabernacle up there. It is the pattern, and then he is going to bring a tabernacle down here as a reflection of a divine order someplace. So, in 1 Chronicles 28, we are looking at Solomon building another tabernacle, and then he has a pattern that he's looking at so that he can be able to bring it here on earth. Yeah, so, in 1 Chronicles 28, 11, he says, Then David gave Solomon his son the pattern, amen, of the porch and of the houses thereof, and of the treasures thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner palace thereof, and of the place of the master seat, and the pattern of all that yet by the Spirit, of the courts of the house of the Lord, and of all the chambers thereabout, and of the treasures of the house of God, and of all the treasures of the dedicated things, also. For the causes of the priests and the Levites. So now, the word pattern here. Amen. According to scripture, that's the original image. That's the pattern from which a blueprint could originate from. So the pattern here is the reality. So it's looking at the heavens. And he says, I'm going to mirror it here down on earth. It's a reflection of a divine order. Praise the Lord. So he comes down here and says, notice, you can't make the shadow fail. It's got to come out right. How can there be a shadow of one elephant coming across the floor and a little, bitty, spindly man come out of the elephant? or the elephant to a little spindly man. He says you cannot beat the shadow because that shadow there is a the reflection. The light is hitting on the object somewhere and then it's bringing the reflection here. Amen. So in understanding patterns, you see that it's not the Lamb of atonement that came first. Is Christ that came first. He is the pattern and then the Lamb kind of comes to mirror off something from eternity. Amen. So it's not uh, the Sabbath which came first. It's the rest that comes first because that's the pattern and then the Sabbath Comes down here. So a pattern is repeating a design, is calling a template from the supernatural, bringing it in the natural life. Amen. So because God had a the rest, therefore we could have a Sabbath. Amen. God works everything by patterns and anything that does not have a fitting pattern is totally inapplicable. That's why we have the principles and then the application. Amen. Our doctrine and teaching must have a heavenly pattern it relates back to. We cannot distort the heavenly order. Amen. Because Hebrews 10:1 says for the law having a shadow of good things to come. So therefore the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. Amen. The Lord declared patterns that existed somewhere already. So then the law Comes down as a shadow of that which already existed. Yes. I'm trying to build something here we are going to get to. So we trail Old Testament shadows to get a hold of the realities of the New Testament. Yes. Amen. Because shadows exist because there is a light somewhere. Yes. That causes a reflection of a divine order here on earth. So God gave Moses a pattern to follow when making the tabernacle in the wilderness. Amen. The eternal tabernacle of Revelation 21 was formatted into architectural designs. And all the details of the bride of Christ, the true tabernacle, was formatted in that temple design. Okay. So the Old Testament worship, therefore, was not perfect. Much as it would have been the most applicable, the most real, because it was dealing with what was visible. Amen? The physical tabernacle. Then there were physical altars and the chemistry of the blood. But that was not real. Amen? Because those were mirroring off from something in the supernatural. So Moses looked back into the eternal realities to bring forth the shadow. And Moses to this day, the body of Christ, you know, Moses already brought that shadow and the body of Christ is trying to come and bring that from that eternal to the reality that we are. So the Old Testament priesthood ministered in shadows. It was not real. But the priesthood of Melchizedek is real. Because it's not ministering in shadows. It's ministering in the tabernacle that was reflected. And then he says, know ye not that you are the temple of God? You are not that temple which was built with hands. That temple was pointing at you. You were already known of God from before the foundation of the world. And all these shadows and ties were coming to declare you in your existence now. When you look at Aaron, he was a shadow. He was pointing to a reality of a high priest somewhere, yes. ordained of God to come forth and perform the ministry of redemption in a tabernacle which is you. Yes. Are you together with me? Yes. Okay, he says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you when he says build me a tabernacle that i may dwell among you he's actually trying to bring forth that kind of shadows that's why you find that all these tabernacles which were reflections were coming and breaking the one of moses it came and went That one of Eli, it came and went. The one of David, it came and went. The one of Solomon, it came and went. Amen. The Herodian temple, it came and went. Amen. All these were pointing at a coming tabernacle, which tabernacle you are. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so our fellowship here on earth, is nothing other than what God wants to dwell with. He did not want to dwell in the people in those tabernacles. He wanted to make you a tabernacle which is going to indwell by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So, he says down here, I think let us look at the building of that tabernacle of Moses. In Exodus 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying. Speak unto the children of Israel. That they bring me an offering. Every man that giveth it willingly. With his heart. Ye he shall take my offering. You look at the natural. It's just a Reflection. He says that you bring me an offering, so the offering needed to be given freely to be a contribution to making this tabernacle a free will offering. Giving your lives without constraint is the best material that you can give for the construction of that tabernacle. Because every one of us is presenting himself as a living sacrifice. He's presenting himself as a stone. And he says, those who are going to give it must give it freely. You are giving yourself as a free will offering. Amen. He comes to verse 3 and he says, and this is the offering which he shall take of them. Gold. And silver and brass, and he names them all. Amen. Amen. He comes to verse 8, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. The purpose of the free will offering was to gather the necessary materials that could come out of the people. This one had gold, this one had silver, this one had purple. This one had this. This one had that. And then it says, we are going to bring this as a free will offering that out of this may make a tabernacle. Amen. Amen. Right. And now, if we are the different materials that make up that tabernacle, you are required to come forth as a free will offering to the Lord. Nobody is telling you must do this. You must not do this. You must be this. You must not be this. There is a free will offering. You originate a particular will. And you say, Lord, I'm presenting myself as a living sacrifice. I'm coming forth as a living stone. I want to be a contribution to that tabernacle. Praise the Lord. It's first Peter chapter 2, verse 5, which says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. You are presenting yourself. It's a free will. You say, Lord, I am here. There is a missing stone here. Make me that stone. Let me be part of that house. Praise the Lord. So predestinated stones fitly put together as Paul says in Ephesians 2.21 He says in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the law. In whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the spirit. Every man looking at his position When did you ever become part of this house? It's not yesterday when you came to the altar. Today, you are just identifying yourself. You are just being a reflection of that eternal order. And you say, I was part of this house from before the foundation of the world. And then Brother Branham says, none of them stones which built the house of Solomon was ever crafted. Every stone came in its place. So that we may recognize ourselves and see our positions in Christ and get out there and say, Lord, this has always been my position. And once you get in your position, you are not carrying a weight greater than what you can bear Amen. because this is your position. Right. Yes. Amen? Yes. And now this stone here also takes away most of the pressure from you like another one takes over the pressure from it so that we can equally be yes. built yes. into a living tabernacle yes. of the living God. Yes. None of the stone is bearing a greater weight than the other we every one of us contribute freely and we get into our positions a free will offering of ourselves to the Lord? Amen. If you are a song leader, you enjoy doing it. If you are a missionary, you enjoy doing it. If you are a pastor, you enjoy doing it. You feel like you cannot be anything other than what the Lord has made you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the materials were intended to meet the requirement of the vision. Amen. Moses got a pattern and Moses worked by that pattern. You see, and every stone also recognizes who they are and then fit in a particular position we must be able to catch a revelation of what God is trying to do. If we do not have a revelation of what God is trying to do, we may not know where to stand and fit in as a stone in particular. Amen. The materials were intended to bring the vision of Moses into reality. So, what you are seeing now is God making sure that he achieves the design. He must hone the body. Amen? Throw out the things that we don't have need of. You know, there are so many things that are not needed in in our tempers and sometimes our carnal kind of desires, and then he begins to cut them off, and then brings the water, and then he uses the washing waters of the world to cause these stones to look a certain way. Amen. So that the beauty of the tabernacle can come forth. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so the design requires honing. And all these walkaways and people walk out, they were not needed stones. Yeah, right. If they were needed stones and they were part of the design, they would never walk away from it. Right. Because they'll find their position and their position yeah. binds them together with the building. That's right. That's right. <laughs> are you together with me? You are held together by another stone. You do not have the privilege of walking away. You are glued in there if you are part of the body. Amen. And when the honing is done, then shall come the voice saying, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Then he says, Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made Herself ready. She avows herself as a free will offering to make a contribution to what this house is going to be. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And to her was granted, that's, you know, granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he says unto me, right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage of the Lamb. And he says unto me, these are the sayings of God. Are you together with me? Yeah. He says that now, (laughs) praise the Lord, all these stones are ready. Now, the marriage of the lamb is come. You are building yourself into a house, a dwelling place. You, are, you know, God is looking at you from different dimensions. At one dimension, you are making a part of the tabernacle. You are a stone from another dimension is looking at you as a house. At another dimension, is looking at you as a bride. You just fit into that story. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Brother Branham says here, he says, and I just wonder when that great supper is set, the last supper, down along the lines of thousands of miles, we'll sit across the table from each other. That's going to be glorious time we look across the table to one another and see those veterans who fought to win the prize and sailed through the bloody seas. Yes. I guess we'll shake each other's hand and in no doubt a little tear drop will down our cheeks, but the king will come out and wipe our tears from our eyes and say, don't cry. It's all over now. We are home. And that's what I look forward to, friends, for that day. That's what Moses was coding in the tabernacle, in the wilderness. He says, finally, it will be complete. Finally, it will be a house. And yet, it will be a people. He says, make me a tabernacle that I may dwell among you. And then he says, I've been coming along dealing with a picture of a house because we know that actually we dwell in a house as people. But actually what I was trying to do was to gather a people, amen, among whom I'm going to dwell. (laughs) And he says, finally, there will be a great come-together of elected children of God, and they are going to make a church that cannot be shaken, that cannot fall by creed or denomination, and I'm going to come and dwell among these people. And we thank God tonight that we are those people. Amen. So he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And then somebody may say, well, Moses was building a house. Yes. But then he says, build it according to the pattern that I've shown you. So now he's taking the pattern, which is a heavenly reality, and bring it down here on earth. Therefore, it becomes a divine reflection. Yeah, Amen. And this is what we are. And he says, John saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from heaven of God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Praise the Lord. So, in the message of grace, there will be a people that will fit this picture. No storm will blow them. No mind games will blow them. No trials will blow them. They are going to be able to stand until they bring the manifestation of the heavenly reality here on earth. Praise the Lord. Let us look a little bit at the gathering of the saints here. You know, we sometimes reduce our fellowship to a gathering in some belief system. We say, oh, we are the church simply because you and me have come together. Oh, we are the fellowship simply because I've brought forth children, you brought forth children, I already have seven grandchildren, and we are increasing in number and we see the church is growing. We don't seem to see God in our fellowship. We just seem to see different people come together. And then our church is bigger than your church. In the mind there is not what God sees that you are talking about. You are talking about what you see. And you, that's the church. That's why. We have coults among ourselves. Because you don't see the church. You see the people. We have no revelation whatsoever that we are predestinated stones that come to attach each other. In order to bring forth that house. We are so much zeroed into a little group of people. Maybe 50, maybe 100, maybe 1,000. And then we look at ourselves and then we see the church. And then we are tempted in our mind to think that this little group here is more of the church than that little group up there. But that's not what it is. So, that's why Paul says that thou mayest know how to behave yourself in the house of God. Now, this is beyond coming to a local church for service, and then you come 30 minutes before the church opens, and, and then you sit down, and then you begin to meditate, and that when the preacher comes up, you're prayed up. It is more than that. Paul is talking about recognizing ourselves as the body of Christ. Recognizing your brother in Connecticut, recognizing your brother in Ginger, Uganda, recognizing your brother elsewhere, because you know that the church of Christ is not you alone. You don't make the entire body. You are just a little piece of it. Amen. Amen. So I must respect you as a son and daughter of God. For without you, the body cannot be complete. Amen. You are indispensable. You are a stone in the builder's plan. You are part of the specification. If you are not there, there are some few millimeters that are missing. You are part of God's plan in the building of this tabernacle. Amen. 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 That thou mayest know how to behave yourself in the house of God. How do I live as a believer? How do I live so that I can give the body the respect it deserves and the honor it deserves? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He says here in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. 28, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So the principle here goes beyond the kosher bread and the communion we do. Because these are just reflections that we are trying to get involved with. And you find that the people are going to respect more the kosher bread and the wine that they come with such a form of humility Meaning that they are failing to recognize the purpose. They've got more respect for the reflection than the reality of the body itself. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So the principle here goes beyond the kosher bread and the communion. Because this kosher bread here we eat of is just a natural reflection of what that body is. What Paul is preaching here is the respect of the brotherhood which the kosher bread represents as the body of Christ. But then we've got the audacity to disrespect one another and respect the kosher bread. See? So everybody participating Now, he says here in verse 28, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Some people think you are failing to recognize the teaching that the bread represents the Lord's body and the wine represents the blood. That's how many people think. It's not that. Are you together with me? So, everybody participating, not only in communion, but in fellowship with one another, must be found worthy. And the worth we are talking about is the revelation of who your brother is. Praise the Lord. So, verse I say for this cause, men are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. So then, when the communion night comes, you find everybody is coming before, you know, the altar maybe, when the tree is passing by, is trying to recognize the body, the bread. And yet, just out there, you're being mean to that brother and being mean to that sister. That's what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about reflections. We must come to a realization that what controls here is something up yonder. And we need to recognize that in order to fit in this. Amen. Suppose so that we get sick and die because we are sincere to the reflections, but not to one another as a body of Christ. Amen. So we need to worry one another. It so costs a hundred thousand worlds. We must be precious to one another. The spirit of brotherhood must be real. Because you are the reality. You are the real tabernacle. You are the house of God. Hmm. Praise the Lord. He says with this, by this with the world, know that we are his children by loving one another. Amen. Amen. So God, you know, Brother Branham says God, Never gave his son a book on how to behave here on earth. He never did that. But he pointed us to the divine reflection. To the divine order. Praise the Lord. What I see my father do. So he kept his eyes on the father. And then he was able to perform here on earth. We keep our eyes up yonder. In order to know how to behave ourselves here. No wonder Brother Branham says, We have heard from Matthew wow. Something must contour us from the eternal ring, that our bodies here are just matching orders of a divine order. Are you together with me? Yeah, it must be something controlling the church from up yonder. The church must have been part of him from before the foundation of the world. Then when we come down here on earth, then every gene, every gene, seed, nerve, whatever it is, must connect together as the body and behave ourselves as so. Amen? So, (laughs) praise the Lord. The prophet says here, the worst thing there is in the world is a person trying to impersonate something. And there's too much of that in the world today. Not only do we in this day are guilty of the same crime that Paul was rebuking the Corinthian church for, but of trying to do something that the Lord had commanded without discerning the body of the Lord. And the body of the Lord is is the believers, Brother Branham says. So we come to the reflection, dishonoring the reality. You see where religion comes in now? Yeah, simply because we fail to fit in up there. And then we try to come and play a part of what we are not part of. Praise the Lord. So there you are. We have to value the brotherhood before we come to the communion. Amen. Communion reflects a divine order which exists up beyond already. Amen. It's not a matter of breaking bread, it's recognizing the brotherhood. And you say, My, this is gene of my gene. Is born of my bone, is flesh of my flesh. We come from the same source. It must be perfect love. And then Brother Branham says, without which nobody can get beyond the curtain of time. So our fellowships are not carnal gatherings. Are you together now? We are in fellowship with the supernatural. Listen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18. He says... For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched. He's talking about fellowship now. And that burned with fire, no unto blackness and darkness and tempest. So he's saying, we are not gathering ourselves in a carnal mountain. We are not coming together just simply because you and me are come in this right. locality here. Yeah, right. He's trying to define who we are yeah. and what fellowship is. Yeah. He comes to verse nineteen. They come to the sound of trumpet and the voice of the words, which voice they that had entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Yeah. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. <laughs> we are not coming to a mountain of the law where everything in service became a scare. Where you come, you know, and, and you, you, you're so scared we come with lots of fear because we fail. And then you say, I, I, I do not know, you know, how I'm going to be a part of the service, you know. This morning I was a little bit upset with my wife, and but I'm going to, to have communion today. Wow. See, you know, Paul is trying to pull us out of that understanding of who we are so that we can get into the divine definition of who we are. We are not coming to the mountain of the law where everything becomes a scare when we come to church. We come because we are not perfect yet, but we come because we are coming to the washing waters. That God may wash every stone and fit it in its position. That's what we come to church for. We don't come down here to prove that we are perfect. We don't come to church to prove that we got a greater congregation. No, sir. We come to the washing waters of the world. Grace has opened the door for us by the blood of Jesus that we may obtain mercy in the time of need. That's what we are coming here for. Amen. 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 So looking at church in a broader perspective as the body of Christ brings respect for one another. You got no right to disrespect your brother who doesn't come to your church. He is precious before the Lord. That we may know how to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is not a local tabernacle, but the entire body. Amen. 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 So, praise the Lord. He says in verse 22, he says, but ye are come. He's now defining the fellowship, amen, which actually crosses our physical borders. He says, you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Mount Zion speaks of an eternal realm of the redeemed. Amen? With the New Testament worship, we touch borders with eternity. This is actually what Paul is trying to explain. He says, we are not come together in bodily fellowship. But we have come together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not when we come to church, but when we are redeemed. We have come to such a heavenly realm. And actually, we are just being bordered by this curtain of time. But one of these days, we shall break this curtain of time and come to the reality of what fellowship is. Amen. Amen. That's why the pillar of fire always came down and kept moving over the heads of the people. That was the true fellowship. Brother Branham would say, I'm looking at that pillar of fire over there. I'm looking at him over here. I'm looking at him over there. Praise the Lord. Because we will come together in Mount Zion in an eternal realm. We come in one place, in one accord. And then the Holy Spirit has got the ability to move throughout the congregation. So Malachi 4 always took people into divine spheres and took them into the banks of the supernatural. He understood what fellowship was. Paul says, recognizing one another as the body of Christ would bring good health in the body of believers. That's what he says. By failure to recognize the body, sickness would come. But learning to to, 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 to recognize one another it will give you perfect healing. You tell a brother, God bless you. With real meaning, the blessing will come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It will just come. He says, We are. In the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, unto God the judge of all, unto the spirits of just men made perfect, unto Jesus, the mediator of the New Testament, the New Covenant, unto the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Amen. We come to the General Assembly and the church of the firstborn, which is written in heaven. Amen. We come together because we are part of God. And our names, meaning our character, originates from heaven. Amen. Which is written in heaven by name. Oh my. And when we talk about the name, we are talking about divine character. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ephraim and when Ephraim came and Joshua looked at the character he says by the seaside and he says and he was called Abram because and he was called Eve because so the name is a divine identification of who you are a name written in heaven It's not this name, Stephen, which was there, but there was a divine character ordained of God that when I come down here, I must be able to manifest. When our names were written up there, we come down here and everybody is living according to that divine name. Talk about a supernatural fellowship. Talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. Talk about a true brotherhood. Are you together with me? And God comes down because God wants to identify himself with your new name. A name which He has hidden in a white stone in there. Amen? And that stone is the revealed word. Once you touch it, it unfolds the mystery of who you are. And if every one of us had to touch that point, brother, talk about a divine service. Talk about signs. Talk about wonders. Talk about miracles. We don't have to call for it. Why? Because we come together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So our character is not designed by the complementary theological world saying that you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. You just come in and you begin to unfold who you are. Like the moon hosts the seas in their boundaries, we have the Holy Ghost holding us together in the body of Christ. Don't jump the bank. We've got a divine instruction that comes along with us. Are you together with me? Praise the Lord. The moon stands out there when these wild seas are trying to jump the banks and the moon says, I'm called to stop you. Go back in your order and the seas will go back. How about if we also in the heavenly places in Christ and the Holy Ghost is watching over us? Go back in your position, go back in order, go back into your reflection. We are not here as worshipers, you know, just reflecting this, reflecting that, but you come into your actual position in Christ Jesus. As church, we must take inventory of ourselves I know where we fail and acknowledge our mistakes because our fellowship is with Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. We don't come to condemnation, we come before our mediator. That's why we are not even scared of bringing out where we fail and you say master I fail here master I fail here I've not overcome here we come into fellowship of the mediator himself Amen. Praise the Lord Yes, sir, this is where we are. We are confident of this, that there will be a bride without spot or wrinkle. We have fellowship under the sprinkling of the blood. Yes, sir, that's what Paul says. We've come under the sprinkling of the blood, which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. I'm your Redeemer. I'm here to wash you not to condemn you. This is the kind of fellowship the Holy Spirit is bringing us to, not ministering judgment, but ministering principles of deliverance. This is a divine fellowship. Amen. Amen. You see, then when we realize who we are and then come together, brother, and one leak of fire, another leak of fire here. We are coming to church not by the physical self, but we are coming to church by that seed gene. Right. Yes. The part of God that I am, if it's the part that comes to church. Praise the Lord. Yeah, let me try to finish up here. He comes in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Let brother love continue. Let brother love continue. That's discerning the body. Amen. Not these buildings, not these tabernacles, but we are the body of Christ. Let brotherly love continue. Uh, to let is to give occasion. Let brotherly love continue. Give occasion for brotherly love to flourish. Remove the blockages. This family against that family. This brother against that brother. This church against that church. It says that we may know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. We are one body in Christ. Letting brotherly love continue. And verse 3 says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. They didn't know that. But they entertained angels unawares. When we come to church, we are engulfed in a supernatural atmosphere. We come to church, and as you come to church, Brother Branham talked about our guardian angels. How many angels do you think are here now? <laughs> are you together with me? Innumerable yes. company of angels. That's what Paul is teaching. We come to an innumerable company of angels. And then Brother Branham says, Heavenly, you know, that uh, uh, we come to a heavenly uh, angelic beings associated together. That's the word he uses. Praise the Lord. Yes. So uh, I want us to know, you know, that we, we are now in the real fellowship, in, in the real New Testament fellowship, in the Old Testament, it was houses. Those were just reflections, but this is the reality. Amen. Out there, we had reflections of priesthood, but down here, we've got the priest Christ ministering among us. Amen. You see, we come to church to hear by the word. As I was teaching back home, not to hear from the word, but to hear by the word. Let's go to Hebrews, I mean Romans chapter 10. I'm finishing, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So he says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not from the word of God now, but hearing by the word of God. And Brother Branham, talking about that scripture in perfect faith, he says this is another type of faith. He explains to us the different types of faith, which we might not go into now. But when he comes to Reve- I mean, Romans 10, 17, he says another type of faith and he called it the perfect faith. We hear by the word in scripture. I think we all know that in the creation, God tore a piece of himself and created Adam. Another piece, the original remained, And this other piece, a piece of the original made man. The word made the word. When we come to church, we hear by the word. The part of God that we are, that stone that come from God, is the one God speaks to. Amen. Are you together with me now? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. The only ones that have got that ear is the seed gene. And is the only one that can be able to catch faith. So when we come, we do not come down here to hear from the world. But we come here to hear by the word. That eternal part of you. That eternal part, that stone which God made off of himself is the one that you bring to church. And once that part is contacted, it produces a perfect faith. So coming to church, God speaks to the seed gene, which is a part of God that we are. Let our coming to church be like the high mountain apart. Amen. Where he took John, Peter, and James... And they went into a deeper realm of recognizing who he was. Are you together with me? He took away the jacket and introduced himself there. And then they said, no, let us make three tabernacles here. He says, you don't have to do that. You already have that tabernacle on the side of you. Amen. That's why we should not avoid coming together in fellowship. Because in the assembly of saints, we got a myriad of angels coming together with us. And can I tell you, when you come to an assembly like that, the devil backs up. The devil backs up. He cannot come to that mountain apart experience. Amen. Praise the Lord. So everyone has a guardian angel. And once we come down here, brother, we are coming to a real fellowship. Amen. We are coming to the person of Melchizedek himself, the high priest of that soul on the inside. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. This is now uh, when we come down together like this, we break the banks We've come into divine presence. <laughs> Praise God. So the Holy Spirit ministers, leads the church, God and angels that watch over us. Brother Branham's statement. Amen. So the Holy Spirit then comes down to minister to you. You are not listening to me. When a minister comes and is prayed up, He's trying to say certain things. If you are not in that realm, you're not catching. Because he steps into the realm of the word himself. And his desire is to speak to the word. That you may hear him by that seed gene. And once you do that, revelation begins to break forth. No wonder Brother Branham says the angelic beings associate together. I hope you get that. That has just dropped right down free. And if you got the Holy Spirit in you, then you are a candidate for the association with the unseen world and the supernatural. No wonder people can't believe in those things. They've never come in contact. They got nothing in here to believe with. (laughs) There is something on the inside there that you believe with. Brother Branham said they can never come to that tree. They've got nothing to believe with. Are you together with me? Yes. So we are here. Praise the Lord. So, you know, you, you just kind of begin to think about those things. And then you start praying and say, Lord, I'm not coming to a natural assembly. I'm coming into a supernatural assembly. I'm coming together with the seed gene of God. Heavenly Father, help me to supply what I am. And another brother supplies what he is. And when we come under those rims, brother, it's just a greater pile of fire building up and building up and building up. And once a brother is crying for deliverance, there is already a kindred spirit moving over there to support. Yeah. Then the signs will happen, the wonders will happen, the people will walk out of service blessed. Amen. So, friends, this is what we are here for. Christ is here by the Spirit atoning our mistakes. We don't come to a house of condemnation. No, sir. We come to a house of washing, a house of cleaning. We don't come to a house of Sinai. We come to a house of Zion. Praise the Lord with the blood of Jesus Christ splashing all over the place, speaking the word and f- speaking faith and speaking freedom and speaking justice to the people. And the people begin to rejoice because they understand what they come to church to do. And they understand what church they are coming to. They are coming to a gathering of the seed the genes of God. So a greater God makes himself more. Manifest in the assembly of the said God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you you. Amen Reflections of the divine order (laughs) Some kind of a supernatural control And then it filters out here And once you catch a true revelation, you just become like a John. Oh, John says, I had yes. John heard from John. He got into contact with his seed Jane. And when Peter did, Jesus said, flesh and blood Amen. has not revealed this.'" Tree. Amen. Your intelligence has nothing to do with it. I've been able to touch that seed gene. That's the one which responds to the word. God bless you. Let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, you've spoken to us. You gave us natural examples, Lord, of how the heavens in the natural controls the earth. The sun, the moon, they control the earth. And in the spirit of Father, you have spoken to us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to get ourselves out of the way that we may always and constantly submit ourselves to the supernatural. Help us, Heavenly Father, that like the prophet, we may desire to step out of the way that you may have a supernatural control of who we are here on earth. We just desire to surrender Heavenly Father. That every step we take here on earth may just be in obedience to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Heavenly Father, that like Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my Father too. Help us, Lord, in the same way that we may do nothing until we see you do. You said, Father, it's necessary that I go away because unless I go, the Comforter will not come. Help us, Heavenly Father, when difficult situations come, yes. we pray that the Holy Spirit. May always speak to us and guide us. You called him the guide. He will go ahead of us. He's the shepherd. We are the sheep. Help us to step in every step that he has taken. He's the only one who knows the safe paths for us. I pray for your children. Lord, that you may give them the grace... To discover who they are. Yes. That they are just a seed gene that comes from God. And these our bodies, Heavenly Father, is just good ground where you've planted us to live the life of heaven here on earth. Be gracious. Help the ministers, Heavenly Father. We try our level best to bring the understanding of the word to your people. But unless you open the door, Heavenly Father, the people have no chance whatsoever to understand supernatural things. I pray that you may give them the grace, like your prophet says, the door to the heart. Has no latch to it. May you give us the grace to help us hear your knock on the door. When we open from the inside and you come in, we shall realize, Heavenly Father, that your presence will take over the control. And when you lock the door, we shall never open again. We shall be sealed. Till the day of our redemption. I commit to you the ministry father. Yeah. That you constantly work with them. In trying to understand what your people have need of. Bless everybody. Grant everyone the desires of their hearts. When they cry unto you heavenly father. Always present yourself as the answers to the needs of your children. I have committed them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Tom.
2: picture I think it's a better painting than the Mona Lisa I do I honestly do do you know how many years Leonardo da Vinci kept that painting with him took 16 years to develop the picture and what we call a perfect painting But one day there had to be the final stroke. And then it was finished. I think we're coming down to the final stroke. Because that was a masterpiece. And you say, well, Brother Tom, I didn't grasp it all. I didn't get it all. I didn't quite understand it all. Well, that's why we have archives. So that you can go back over it and say, Lord, let me come to the reality of what that word is being ministered. Sometimes, yes, we have the kind of service that it's is. Take that subject and you drive it home. And but then God has another minister to come in and just let that flower blossom. Let that word, the perfume of Christ, yes. go throughout the assembly. And I just thought it was just beautiful. It was poetry in motion. And I thought how perfect the word came to not just my life or your life but even to our younger ones to say I need to reach out, I need to let go, I need to realize what this message really is it's not the shout, it's not the amen, not the glory, hallelujah but it's the literal life of God himself reflecting the very beauty of Jesus through your lives it's not what you know to know Him as life eternal. So as we meditate upon what we've heard tonight, let's just sing this little song and glorify God and let that word soak deeply within our hearts. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Let the beauty Let that be a reflection oh, All the wonder. Brother Bram talked about that little country boy coming into this house and he saw a little reflection in the mirror and he ran by it and he noticed that there was a little boy there he stopped and he turned and he looked into that little mirror and touched his face and the boy in the mirror touched his face and finally he cried out mama that's me that's what we want to do when we hear the Word of God. So when the Word comes in its fullness, that we can reach out and we can touch our own souls with the Word and say, that's me. That's that gene speaking to me. That's, what was, that's the presence of God speaking to me. Make yourself available for a deeper, consecrated, dedicated walk with this lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Remember tomorrow at 2 o'clock, there, it's open to all, and I trust as many as can be there, be there. A little gathering at Clayton so we can introduce sometimes one another, ourselves to one another. and It's a relaxed time from 2 to 6 o'clock at Clayton Park. If you can be there, be lovely. We'll, Lord willing, maybe... If we're able to drag Brother Stephen, I told him this church is known as Lemon Squeezers. Brother, I thought that was a masterpiece from a man of God that's flown straight from Africa, straight to here, and can take that thought and bring it right across to us. I say that was Jesus Christ speaking to us tonight, Brother Stephen. Thank you so, so much. God bless you. Let's bow our heads and be expecting Sunday morning. And may the Holy Spirit come in its fullness amongst us. And may the angels of God come to their attendance. Heavenly Father, what a wonderful word we heard this evening. A man of God poured out his heart this tonight. And Father, we even were afraid, I was afraid, to hardly even say amen to miss something that was coming and to miss a thought that I know, Lord, that I was drinking from. So, Father, I just pray that each and every one of us is able to take something home and anchor it deep within our souls. And if you would give us a few more days, Lord, maybe revisit this this service and let it speak to us in a very deeper way, we pray strengthen our dear brother Stephen, his dear wife Sister Sarah. Lord, they've come many miles and they've done much for the kingdom. And so often as the brother Bisco would say over the years, I I don't know whether Africa needs the missionaries as much as North America does. Lord, tremendous word of God. Wonderful words of life. So we just pray, Lord, that you will be with us. Be in our our attendance, Lord, in our conversation. And as we fellowship with one another, we ask that your blessing be upon us now as we go in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. Greet one another. So we heard tonight really mean God bless you. And God will bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.